Hello everyone. Hello. This is Carol. Um, I've decided to uh, go back on my podcast again because uh, my live stream, my live stream uh, experience, did not work out for the time being. Um, I think I think later on it will. I have I have confidence that it will, but I am not quite at that stage in my mental wellness process. I, I have discovered that every time I try to go to another stage of my mental wellness process, and my mentor has validated this, every time I attempt to go through another, uh, another uh, chapter or another stage, um, I may have a setback because I'm forced to uh, look at something that I may not still be ready to look at full on. And the thing that I've had trouble looking at lately is self-belief. I can talk about self-belief. I can read about and learn about self-belief. But it's difficult to connect with that. It truly is. And it's because I still have the old programming. And um, my friend uh, asked me, my friend just now, my mentor just now asked me a very uh, good question. He said to me, uh, Carol, um, do you really believe that you're not supposed to be here? That you're not supposed to be here on earth? Do you really believe that? Um, and I said, I hope not. And uh, he goes, I was hoping you'd say no. I was hoping you'd say, no, I don't believe that anymore. And, uh, but he kind of, uh, gave me this knowing, he made like this knowing sound in his throat, like, yeah. Yeah, John Carroll, I, I was afraid you'd say something like that. You know, I hope not means you still believe some, a very big part of you still, and, and the way you said it, I hope not. The way you said it made me wonder again if you still got a lot of work to do on your on your own soul. Um, if you really still don't believe you have a right to be here, um, I have the confidence that you will not act on uh, self-destructive emotions. You know, I I have the confidence that you will not kill yourself anymore. You you're not gonna kill yourself, but. I'm really bothered by by what you just said, Carol. And I, I didn't even have to ask him why. Um, we were both bothered by my answer. I'm in the life experiences module right now of my mental wellness process. And I'm still processing and validating childhood experiences. And one of the things on my dirty laundry list of life experiences was that my uh, my aunt verbally abused me and kept telling me very often in my young life that uh, my mom should have had an abortion with me. And while the adult part of me understands why she said that, um, the adult part of me understands that my aunt... Uh, didn't like the idea of my mom having a baby 
and possibly not being able to take care of it because she was sickly, she was disabled, and um, the decision she made having a child was not a very, not a completely responsible decision. She was married to an alcoholic, and um, it was probably going to be a very bad show for me, and she was right about that. It was, because my mom wasn't able to take care of me quite often. And then my aunt felt like she had to step in and, and do it, especially because she was so afraid my father was gonna, my father was gonna take me. And that was understandable because my father had a drinking problem and he had a problem with violence and anger issues. And I understand he abused my mother. So it was a very quick su summary, uh, very ugly divorce. Uh, not to mention my mom's divorce from my stepfather was even worse. You know, that, that happened later on when I was when I was four and I was committed to the mental hospital for nine months. I'm re-traumatizing myself. Calm down, Carol. Well, when my mentor um, asked me that question, he was he was testing me. He wanted to know how, how deprogrammed I was from all that stuff in my childhood. And we both realized very disturbingly that I wasn't and when I'm still programmed with that kind of stuff, and my aunt wasn't the only one who verbally abused me. I was bullied at school, and I was misunderstood quite often, maybe understandably by adults and other children, because I did act strange. I had a mental illness, for goodness sakes, albeit environmental. I had a mental illness. I had PTSD, very bad PTSD that was not even dealt with, and depression and anxiety. And children can have those problems, not just adults. Children can, but back in the 70s, it didn't seem like children got validated enough for depression, things like that. They got, they got treated like mental cases if they had emotional problems, and I did. So, and it didn't matter if we were abused or not. You know, the, if the police caught parents abusing the child physically, then the parents usually got, got in trouble. The, the, children more often got removed and sent to foster homes than the parents got arrested. You know, parents did get arrested, of course, lots of times, but usually it was the child that had to go somewhere. And I did. I was, I was five and I had to be in the mental hospital for nine months. And that wasn't because I was abused either. That was because I had emotional issues that my teachers couldn't handle at school. My first young, young year at preschool, my Teachers couldn't deal with it. The other children bullied me, and the ones that didn't bully me probably got frightened by my behavior because I acted really bizarre. And uh, I didn't hurt anyone, but I just... People didn't understand why I behaved the way I did. So, um... Where was I going with this? I still believe at age 54 that I, I have no right to be here, even though I'm fighting it. I'm, I'm trying to reprogram it. I'm listening to I'm binge-watching a lot of YouTube videos about narcissistic abuse. And there I'm talking about my father. I'm talking about my stepfather. I'm talking about my my aunt's behavior, um, my aunt's attitude, um, my aunt, you know, act, t telling me over and over again, you know, and without even considering how it made me feel. Made me really made me feel like I deserved to die. After my mother dies, um... She takes care of me full-time, and she resents it. And I know it. I mean, all children know by the way the parents act if the parents don't want, don't want them. 
you know, and my aunt was my parent. So, um, what I want to talk about is, um, I was doing live streaming for the past week off and on and all weekend I was still trying to attempt to do live streaming on a, on a platform. And, um, what I was manifesting was, was very interesting. And, um, Ani was even saying, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, pieces of poop float in a dirty pond and you don't necessarily attract it or you don't necessarily manifest that. Sometimes there really is poop in a, in an, you know, a toxic pond or whatever, and you have to, you know, get out of it or you have to go to a cleaner pond or whatever, or uh, get out or you get sick or whatever. You get, you get septic and you have to go to the hospital and get antibiotics pumped into you and get well and stay out of those dirty ponds. But, um, I think we both knew that something deeper was going on as well. I still didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know when it was okay to leave, leave the pond. I didn't know when it was okay to, to get rid of the poop. I didn't know when it was, I didn't know when it was okay to, uh, let someone, uh, treat me like, you know what, or, uh, scrutinize me or interrogate me or question me in the, in the chat room, even though. I, I put very clear labels on the chat rooms saying what the topic was about and uh, why why they should be there. Um, I listened to a wonderful uh, YouTube video by a woman who talked about words meaning something, words existing, and narcissist not um, just not getting it about words. So maybe I was getting some... Uh, narcissists and butthurt people and uh, codependents coming in. Maybe I, I, I had some people that were honestly in need and didn't know what I was what I was doing. I don't know. I was just doing a peer counseling thing on live stream and I was doing uh, talks like I'm doing right now. And um, the last person that I encountered before I left the live streams temporarily was this woman, uh, she seemed kind of, kind of sweet, kind of, you know, agreeable. She came into my room, came into my chat room, live stream. And, um, I did my usual protocol. I said, welcome. Uh, what are you, what are you here for? What brings you here? And she goes, oh, I, I came in because there was no one else in your, in your live stream. And I thought, what? And my impulse was to kick her out. And say, I don't need your king pity. Get the out of here. You know, because I, I got angry. But my, my, my mental wellness process dictates in my emotions and thoughts process not to be impulsive. I'm trying to recover from borderline personality disorder symptoms. So I, I got to be careful with being impulsive. So I, I uh, handled it, it with words. I said, look, um, I want you to be able to come in here because you want to, because you want to get something out of it. Um, and I had to hold back from saying, I don't want you to come in here because you feel sorry for me because I'm in here all alone. I want you to come in here because you want to. And, you know, a, a, a full room starts with uh, two people. So, um, you know, and I had to hold back from saying, don't give me, uh, I was, don't give me that. Don't give me pity, you know. But I tried to handle it as best I could. I said, "Listen, uh, I need this room, and I and I think you came in here for some uh, other reason. I think you need it too, you know." And she agreed. But um, when I left that room, I I finished out maybe my fifteen or twenty minutes that I was going to pro promise to be in there, 
And um, I, uh, I left the room and I decided I didn't want to do live stream for a while. Because, uh, not because of her, but because I noticed I was doing, I was dealing with a lot of physical sweats. I was sweating physically, profusely. I was sweating so badly that, um, my bed was wet. I felt like I wet the bed and I thought, geez, there's something I need to step back here and look at. And, um, if I still believe, you know, fast forward to right now, if I still believe I have no right to be here. That's not going to help me manifest a very successful live stream, I don't think. I need to really fight that. I really need to reprogram that thought. Because that thought is going to keep hurting me and keep uh, sabotaging my life. I don't think I give a damn why my aunt said that anymore. It still hurt me. And in the life experiences module, I have to validate that life experience. I have to do that. And I'm not doing it to punish my aunt. I want her to rest in peace. I want her to go to her, her reward. I want her to, you know, and that's the other thing too. I got badgered about my beliefs because um, I didn't want to share fully what my beliefs were in another room. And I had to kick, kick him out. And I felt guilty again because I didn't know if it was, I didn't know if I was being impulsive or not. So I'm kind of in this space right now, you guys, where I feel like I need to, I need to set some serious boundaries, but even more, I need to set some boundaries with my uh, thoughts. You know, I, that bothered me. My, I'm glad my mentor asked me that question, um, about ha not, not feeling like I had a right to be here. <sighs> oh my God. Oh, damn. If I really believe that, I still have a lot of work I need to do on myself. And that's the beauty of peer counseling. You know, a peer counselor can admit that. And hopefully another peer can uh, get something out of it. And if it's if it's a pitiable uh, experience, I feel sorry for you too. Because um, if we keep dwelling on what's missing in our lives, if we keep dwelling on um, on the lack, if you keep focusing on what I don't have, you guys, if you keep focusing on what's not healed... You're not healing me. You know that? You're not. You're not. Uh, your purpose for being here. I disagree with your purpose for being here. Through peer counseling and through sharing of experiences, I want us to draw strength and hope from it. I want us to be motivated to deal with these problems instead of dwelling on the problems. I'm serious. You know, the worst thing we, you can do to someone is uh, condemn them like that. And, um, I like, I don't mind sympathy. I don't mind somebody saying I'm with you. sounds like you, you're having a hard time. Would you like, would you like someone to come in here and, uh, you know, I'm interested in knowing what your room is about or whatever. I don't mind that. And, and admiration. Oh, you're, you're in here all by yourself and you're still kicking butt. You know, you're hanging in there. That's fine. But don't say I'm, I'm in here because you're all alone. Get the hell real. I feel sorry for you too because you feel like you have to be codependent. You feel like you have to feel sorry for someone else to feel better about yourself or to feel like you're not alone. You don't, uh, I don't believe that it's a good idea to, um, 
I don't feel like it's a good idea to um, make ourselves feel better, like we're not alone by uh, putting another person down. I really don't believe that's helpful. I don't believe that's healing. I don't believe that's uh, appropriate for um, peer counseling, a peer counseling exchange. But I'm willing to learn, learn from other people, and I would like others to learn as well. That was what peer counseling is. It's not about being better than someone else, and it's not about putting ourselves down, uh, you know, below someone else. All right, be safe. You're loved. I hope you can think about this. Okay, I'm thinking about it very seriously. Thinking about very seriously what my mentor asked me. I admit it. I'm a work in progress. Are you?